You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome, Outlandish Outcasts, episode 12. Woohoo, we're right. a dozen eggs and here. And your host, Al, with, with me as always is uh, the cracked egg in the carton, Desi. How I, are you doing I tonight? I'm scrambled egg. Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> That's okay. You're over hard. And I, no, no, I'm always in such a good mood. I'm sunny side up. <laughs> yeah, nobody's been here in the mornings when you're rushed. Oh, yeah, because I'm the not morning person. <laughs> I didn't, no comment. Okay, okay. Uh, we are back for another week. Um, should we just get right into it? Okay. Okay, I believe I'm going first this week. Bad up. Um, I, and my first story is right up your alley. Ooh, I like the first story is, it is about a serial killer. <gasps> yes! Now, I get a little worried when I talk about a serial killer, because there's a good chance I talk about a serial killer, you're going to know more about him than I am. There's which a good would be possibility. Kind of I don't think you know about this guy. Maybe. You never know. Never know. I couple don't of know interesting, couple of interesting facts about him. He was suspected of killing 9 to 15 women. They're not exactly sure how many. Okay, so it's women. It's women. They, um, he was convicted, served his sentence, and released from prison once for murder. Okay, now I'm really, wait a minute. Okay, keep going. Um, his, his method of killing was unique, for sure. I don't think any other serial serial killer has used it. And he was proven to be at the scene of 11... Usually Women's they go death. to the scene. He reported not. He reported nine of them. God, this sounds so familiar. I know. I know this. This is a story of Gilbert Paul Jordan. I don't know him. From Vancouver, Canada. Oh, that he is name also, is that the Zodiac? He is no, also he known. Couples. There you go. He is also known as the Boozin Barber. Nope, don't know him. He was. Uh, a former barber. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Barber. And between 1965 and 1988. <gasps> Is this where the... Sh- oh, what's that musical with the Sweeney? You like it and Johnny Sweeney Depp. Todd? Yeah. Maybe this is after him. He was so. a serial no, killer. No, this wasn't. This, guy, this doesn't involve any blood anywhere. Sweeney Todd is very bloody. Oh, this is good. <laughs> anyway, um, he uh, was a drunk. Known kind of as the town drunk. Mm-hmm. And um, my goal in life is to be the town drunk. I do need to hit the bars up first, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tough to be the town drunk when nobody in the town sees you drunk. You see me drunk. I'm not the town. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you need a bigger mouth and just kind of start yapping. That's true. Uh, in 1965, he uh, had his first victim, I guess you could say. Um. His victims were all female. Most um, were Aboriginal Canadians, um, so they were Native American. Or it would be Native American here, but Aboriginal Canadian would be the word up there. And she died by alcohol poisoning. She had a blood alcohol level of 0.51. Wow. Now, he's the one that called the cops, reported that she had died. Obviously, he wasn't convicted in this situation. He was just with a woman who drank too much and died. But that's how he killed women. 
He got them way too intoxicated. He got them he so intoxicated. He got them so intoxicated that they would die, and then he would report. He would call the cops and say this woman died, and they didn't think anything of it. It happened actually like four times before they started getting suspicious, because he's a town drunk. Of course, he's drinking, and he, these these women were all, also usually either prostitutes or you know had, had drug problem themselves. So they just thought, oh, it's you know riff raff, just dying. I would have been like, they're just trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well. But uh, on October 12th, 1987, Vanessa Lee Bunker was found naked on the floor of the Niagara Hotel after a night of drinking with Jordan. And she was not, she was a white woman, not known to be a heavy drinker, not a sex worker. Um, and this was the first time they, they suspect, this is where they finally started suspecting there's a, there's a pattern here and there's something going on. Um, she, she also drank her, you know, drank herself to death. Um, lost my spot. Dang it. <laughs> Why would you go and do that? I don't know. You said bunker, and I thought of when I went to elementary school at the different school. I went to school with bunkers. Okay, after this is where they started getting suspicious. Uh, after they, but they questioned Jordan. Um, he hadn't been charged with that with with the death at the time, though. But police initiated a surveillance on him at this time. So between October twelfth and November twenty sixth. Police watched him uh, search out Native Indian uh, women in the Skid Row area of Vancouver, and on four different occasions, the police rescued the woman involved before she, too, became a victim. Wow. He was tried and convicted in 1988 of one death, um, and he served 15 years in prison. So, was he forcing them? Yes, he was... He was, it start. It didn't start out that way. He would, you know, meet them, be nice, you know, bet them that he can drink more than they can. Stuff, See, it was stuff, a competition. I bet like I can drink you. And then he would take them back to his place or their place or a hotel room. And when they got so drunk they couldn't drink anymore and started to pass out, he would, you know, literally take a funnel and a bottle and pour it down the <gasps> Oh, my God. So, yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, funny thing is, he 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 did his time, and then he got out of prison and was arrested again. <laughs> this time for a breach of probation because he was found drinking in the presence of a woman, which was not allowed due to his parole. <laughs> I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> there were a couple more incidents where he had slight run-ins with the law, but pretty much he stayed uh, to himself then until 2006 when he died uh, of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I just thought a serial killer that, that had that it wasn't forced, bloody or gory. forced his victims to drink to death. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That, and that is the you know he was suspected of uh, he's suspe- suspected of eleven. There obviously could be more. There's at least four women who the police will honestly believe they saved their lives because they got there fast enough because they were surveilling him. Like that's a lot of people to kill by that's drinking. And there could be more that. Well, I'm sure, especially like after he got a. Especially, out of jail. you know, the, in in the, the communities he hung around and stuff. I'm sure he hung out with some homeless people. I'm sure there was other people he came in contact with and probably had this situation happen, but nobody cared, so there was nothing to report. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was no loved one 
to miss that person. So that's sad. It is very sad. Very sad. But yeah, that's uh, Gilbert Paul Jordan, the uh, booze and barber. <laughs> the booze and barber. The booze and barber from Vancouver, Canada. That might be my threat to you. Don't make me be the booze and barber. You fall asleep, I got a funnel. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very good threat. No. Although if I ever said that in public, it would be a very good threat where people wouldn't understand that I'm saying, I'm going to kill you. And then people will be like, oh my God, it's terroristic threat. I'll be like, no, it was just a phrase. <laughs> and I wasn't really meaning it. I was just angry at the moment. And I was just expressing my anger. And that's how mad I am. Yeah. So I might start saying that. Like, I've got to go. Okay. <laughs> You'll get <Right> it. <laughs> You'll get it. Not many people around us will get that reference, I'm sure. No, I'm sure not. Anyway, what, what what have you got for us this evening? Mine's not as interesting as yours, and this my first one's probably my most boring story of the night, I think. So I figured I better start with that. I'm sure none start. of them are boring. And then it's gonna get more and more exciting in my opinion. Okay. So my story actually I came across one and I went I think I might have done this one, but I found when I was researching it, and I didn't realize right away that I might have done it, I found a few different things, so I was like, I'm just going to throw it in the mix with it, mm-hmm. and then so, that way it's a bunch of them and not just... The ironic and funny thing is I scrapped a story tonight because I wasn't positive that, I, that you didn't do it before. I was going to do the whole... How are we on episode? Yeah, and, and how can I? You and know, I don't even remember here's what the I need first to do. episode stories. So when we hit episode 100, what am I going I to do? Know. Well, here's what I need to do, and I should have been doing from the beginning, but I'm Writing lazy. Writing down. I need to be making show notes. I need to be posting show notes on the website. That way there's a record of the stories that we cover. Shame on you. But I've been lazy. I'll get around to it eventually, but I'm not, I don't have a template put together yet for it. So you'll know, just have to send me links or something in the future. Oh, good thing I email myself everything. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do them for the first twelve episodes. Maybe after that. That's probably something I would even be good at. So, anyways, my story. How did people wake up before alarm clocks? Any guesses? How did people wake up before they they stop being tired? The, <laughs> the roosters. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not roosters. That is in here, but but they were not dependable, reliable, get you up on time because there was no, you can't set the rooster to go well, off. They've always, and this is where I never If understood. nobody's using a clock, what's on time mean anyway? The sunrise. Well, then you wake up when the sun comes up. <laughs> okay, because when my eyes are closed and I'm sleeping, I'm going to just know it's not right if you were used to it. You get used to it after a while, you think? No. Maybe not. No. Okay. Well, how? What did they do? Do you, do you know my sleep patterns? At yes, all? I happen to be. I happen to see you sleep all the time. Well, I don't sleep all the time, but you see me sleeping. Yes. <laughs> when I sleep. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I guess at times people may appear to be divided when they are united. Because we are all united one way or another when it comes to sleeping and getting up. Because guess what? Morning sucks. 
I disagree. Shut your mouth. I kind of like mornings. <laughs> You're one of those. Kind of my favorite time of day. That's because there's no noise going on, and everybody else is sleeping. Exactly. In it's ne- this house is never like that, so that's my favorite time of day. Mine's at night when everybody's sleeping. Yeah, see, same concept. Because now people are starting to realize we don't always go to bed at the same time, and my downtime is when you go to bed mm-hmm. and the kids are in bed. Yours yep. is in the morning, yep. even though I have to be to work before you. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so anyway, um, today we have the iPhones and the alarm clocks mm-hmm. and all this fun stuff to help us get up. Um, but back in the day, before the first alarm clock was invented in 1787. 1787. Huh? That's wow. when it was invented. Um, Yezing puppet show clock. Okay. Yezing. I, he's teasing. He was a monk. I don't know really how to pronounce mm-hmm. it, but he was a Chinese monk, um, mathematician, engineer, an astronomer. He built a complicated clock in 725, and okay. it caused gongs to ring at various hours. So hmm. um, it would play little shows with the puppets, or it would just ring mm-hmm. chimes. So it was kind of a mixture of stuff. So I guess with it going off every hour, if you were sleeping, you'd probably hear it and kind of wake up. So, but the next thing was the need to pee. <laughs> yes, that is definitely a reason I oh, get no, up, no, no, but no, not no, in the morning. No, no, no. But that's used as an alarm clock. Okay. So they'll just sleep until it's time to go, and then you wake up. Indigenous. American warriors used their bladder to rise in the morning, according to Stanley Vestal's 1984 book, uh, Warpath, The True Story of Fighting Sioux, told in a biography of Chief White Bull. So hmm. Chief White Bull mm-hmm. apparently knew how much to drink before going before to bed. Going to bed so, he could so he could wake get up and just at the right knew, time. Mm-hmm. So if I gotta get up at seven more, o'clock tomorrow, I gotta drink to this glass. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. How how would you? But I suppose back in the day when you don't have to like, I shouldn't say work because there was work yeah. to be done. But back in the day, when but there wasn't a clock to punch that you better be there at that exact time. No, especially you if you're the chief. No, of course. So Chief White Bull, he yeah. made the rules. Like if I'm not up. <laughs> Who's going to yell at me? Tomorrow it's a 12 beer morning, so <laughs> I'm actually going to get up really early, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another one was the candle alarm. So this was in the 18th century. I'm assuming this is after the first alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for people who needed both the aura and the visual stimulants. Um, so it would ding or it wouldn't ding, sorry, a little bell would ring, so it would sound, Okay. and then it would activate um, something to strike a flint within the machine, and it would light a candle. Light a candle? Okay. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know why you would need, and maybe if you had to get up before the sunrise or something. Maybe. But, yeah. So as long as your house didn't burn down. Yeah. It worked. Um, but then in there's the Hitchens early early bird alarm. So this is the first alarm clock, 1787. 
Um, Levi Hitchens created the earliest known personal alarm clock. The only problem was is it only would go off at 4 a.m. So there was no way to... So you just have to get up at 4 a.m. every day. Which he had no problem with that because that's what he that's had That's what he made up. it for. Yeah, so perfect. So, and he didn't actually patent that or anything. So they came out with... I don't think... I think it said in there he just didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. So Some it was more like or less... That. Yeah. So as long as he was up before sunrise, he was okay with that. Hmm. Um, and then the other one, which I feel like I might have done this one, was the knocker-uppers. The knocker-uppers? So, this is even when the alarm clocks were out, but not everybody could afford it. It was uh-huh. cheaper to pay for a knocker-upper to come wake you up. Oh! To wake you upper. That makes sense. So You said knocker-upper, and I'm like, why are we getting people you. pregnant for, <laughs> <laughs> to wake them up? So no. I mean, kids do help you wake up in the morning if they're awake, but... <laughs> Has nothing to do with that. So Yeah, that makes sense. Pay somebody to come wake you up. So they Hopefully would they have an alarm clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was in Europe and America. They didn't really... It didn't really catch on, obviously, which mm. is why we have the alarm clock. But people who couldn't even afford a watch... Um, well, I shouldn't say afford. It was just cheaper to yeah. pay for somebody to come do this. They would come tap on the windows until they knew the person was up, or they'd use like soft hammers or something, and they would make sure they were up. But who got the knocker upper? I don't know. That's why I said hoping they had an alarm. <laughs> I don't know. They even had a little um, phrase like back in the day. I'm assuming kids came up with this. It's like we had a knocker upper, a knocker upper had a knocker upper. A popular rhyme from the time said, Oh, I just, that was the name of the title. Mm-hmm. And our knocker uppers, knocker upper didn't knock our knocker upper, so our knocker upper didn't knock us up, says he's not up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. believe I actually said that. Good job. That was good. I took I one breath at one point and that was to move to the next. That lying down <laughs> my eyes didn't move fast enough because i'm like did i say that right knock her upper so yep and yeah hmm. all this stuff before we had let me say before we had alarm clocks we don't use alarm clocks either we use i kind of wish we still had knock her uppers because you know? if they didn't leave until they knew you were awake i wouldn't have issues <laughs> <laughs> as much as i do in the morning yeah. I am not a morning They person. would charge you like three times as much for all the Probably. times they have, for how long they have to sit here for you to wake up. Probably. <laughs> but then again, if I didn't have the snooze option, I probably wouldn't go back to bed. That's true. Knowing you have that snooze is... Uh, way too convenient. Way, way too convenient. I don't like it. I mean, I love it, but I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yep. All right, so is that, that our alarm clock story? That was pretty good. You were wor- that you were- was my boring one. You were worried that that was the story you did before? The knocker-upper portion? The knocker-upper. Okay. You definitely, I've never heard about the knocker-uppers before, so there's no way you did it here. Are you cheating on I- me with another podcast? <laughs> no, I probably did research on it, and I decided not to do it or something. Okay. So. Okay. All right, well, I am going to talk, um, tragedy. My stories are all full of tragedy this week. Okay, well, What's first What's wrong two. with you? I don't know. But. Um, I'm going to talk about a guy um, in San Francisco who was found dead. Uh, he was 76 years old. And 
he was uh, at first pronounced missing because he, he's an old guy. His family doesn't really get along with him. The neighbors don't really get along with him. He kind of keeps to himself. But one of his relatives did go by once a week to check on him and make sure he had groceries and stuff. They end up reporting him missing because they can't find him. And a couple of weeks go by, and he's still not there, and the cops don't know what happened, and they don't understand. He went to travel to Europe. Until, until they examined his dog's poop. <gasps> Did his dogs eat him? Three dogs literally ate every scrap of this man. <gasps> his clothes, he was wearing everything. They left nothing, no remnants of... Now, it, it is not, it's, it's not suspected like that? that the dogs killed him. They figured he did die of natural causes, probably. And then they got hungry. And then they got hungry and ate him. See, I've heard of cats doing that. I didn't think dogs would actually do that. I didn't either. And in reading this... We have to get rid of it. In reading about this, it is extreme. <laughs> it's, not, it's not exactly that unusual for a dog to eat a dead human. It is extremely unusual for a dog to eat all. Everything there. The bone, the bo- uh, everything. I suppose they nod on the bones. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. But they, the, the, the police searched the premise. They never did find anything intact that wasn't in the feces. The dog. That's crazy. So he was literally identified through hair DNA <laughs> found in poop. That's how they identified his body, basically. Oh, my God. Um, and it's sad. You know, somebody, obviously, he, you know, this is somebody who didn't have a lot of friends, didn't have a lot of family, and had some dogs that he really loved, I'm sure. I'm sure he really loved them. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, maybe he was, like, the worst owner ever. And well, that's what his I'm dogs. thinking. They probably that's were why just, they like, we don't sense. love you enough to... Because I've always heard dogs will not eat you, but a cat would. Yeah. If it's because a cat doesn't care about you. cat just cares about it, not you. <laughs> They're self-sufficient. Where dogs, like, at least pretend like they like you. So, yeah, I know this was, like, a stupid, really, really stupid short story. But it caught my attention. And it was my last-minute throw-in because I took out a different story. But, yeah, just a <laughs> guy got eaten by his dog. Poor guy. Kind of crazy. Well, dogs should talk. I wonder if it ate some chicken. <laughs> 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 Anyways, thinking yeah. of food... This is my short story. Okay. So, this year, back on March 21st, and this is from one that I filmed last week, and I just had to roll with it still this week, because I was looking for Florida stuff, like silly crime. Mm -hmm. Um, So, this is in Florida. And so, on March 21st, the Lakeland Police Department received a call about a man sitting in a crosswalk of an eastbound lane from Memorial Boulevard and Brunel Parkway. The caller stated that the subject was sitting in a chair with a small TV table in front of him eating with what appeared to be pancakes. So responding officers were unable to locate the suspect and determined that he had left the area prior to their arrival. So just sitting in the intersection Mm -hmm. of a road. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. So there is a video of the incident, and it was er, posted on Facebook, which I did watch. I'll post it on our page so that way everybody can see this. And the guy doesn't look intoxicated. He doesn't look like he's drugged or anything. He just looks like he's finding this funny. 
So it was almost yeah. like he's just getting a kick out of it. Like, uh -huh. I wonder what would happen if I'm sitting at this intersection in a crosswalk, just blocking traffic, <laughs> eating, pancakes. eating pancakes. Wonder what people would think. And he stated it was a prank. However, he did get charged for this. Um, blocking the crosswalk or something like that? Blocking the crosswalk. So he was charged with placing an obstruction in the roadway and disturbing the free flow of traffic and issued a court date. So, hmm. so yeah. Well, that's insane. A, a funny little prank that, you know, unfortunately had to get a ticket, but, you know, you have well, or charged with a crime. I'm sure when he's older, he'll be going... Yeah, when I was younger, I... Blah, 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 blah. Really, yeah, right. That is amazing. Thank it's you. on the internet. Just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. so that was my That's crazy cool. little little thing. I that could see cool. myself doing that, but I don't know if they would charge well, I can't depending imagine, on the cops. I guess, but I, I really have trouble imagining it, especially in like an area like we're in, where it's a pretty small town area. And, and I think the cops just laugh at you. They tell you get the hell out of the road, but I can't imagine they'd charge you. You never Maybe. know, depending Maybe. on who made the stink. That's true. That's true. And which that's true. If it was, you know, friends of a friend of a friend, a few and... cops that I know, and they would find it hilarious. But there are a few cops I know that would be like, the law is the law. Okay. And the law is the yeah. law. Yeah. So I guess they'd be right. It wouldn't be right. <laughs> well, but it doesn't mean you need to give me a ticket. No, it doesn't. Have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. That is funny. That is funny. Um, I'm going to tell a little story. Uh-oh. A little piece of history. I like history. I guess we could throw this right along with uh, whatever I used to call my celebrity section. <laughs> but I guess it's about a celebrity, too. So it's a piece of history. You called your celebrity section something? What did I call celebrity my celebrity? I have no idea. News or guy? I don't remember what I was calling it, but whatever. Alan Z. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Talk a little bit about something that Elvis used to like to do. Sing. Well, of course he liked to sing. It's something Drink. he's not famous for. Drugs. Well, drugs and well, famous. This is, drugs kind of fit into this one a little bit, but anyway, one of his. Uh, not ho I guess it'd be kind of a hobby. He used to collect things. He used to collect... Silver spoons? No, he would collect badges. From local police departments, sheriff's departments. Um, pretty much everywhere he went, he tried to go talk to the police and see if they could give him an honorary badge. Where? Um, when he Isn't was in the area. pictures of him with... With badges, yeah. Because, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Lots, lots, lots. I was going to say, I... Yeah. His reasoning for wanting the badges was because he wanted to always make sure no matter where he was in the country, he could always carry a gun and not get searched for drugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is his reasoning, um, according to many sources, that he wanted these, these badges all the time. Well, he had a great idea um, in December of 1970. He thought, instead of all these other badges, I bet there's one badge I could get, and I just wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. So he decided to hop on a plane, flew to D.C. On the plane, he was flying American Airlines. He had American Airlines stationery in front of him. He wrote a six-page letter to President Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> 
in this letter, he tells the president how excited he would be to be a representative of the government if he could just be a federal agent at large for the Bureau, Bureau of Nar- Federal Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. This is a, um, a part of the government that no longer exists. It is now the, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement uh, Administration. But he thought if he could get a DEA, DEA or this, this badge from the Dangerous Drugs um, and Narcotics Bureau, he could leave the country then and carry a weapon and oh carry drugs. God. And nobody would ever, ever search him. So he wrote this letter to the president. He literally walked to the front door of the White House, handed, handed a guard the letter. In the letter, it stated that he was staying at a, at a local hotel under a, under a fake name. He gave him the fake name, and, he told, and in the letter it said, I will be here as long, you know, for as long as it takes for you to call me. That's hilarious. Later that day, President Nixon... Gave Elvis a call. Well, of course, it's Elvis. You know the guard's going to be like, Elvis Presley was just here. So Nixon invites Elvis to the Oval Office. Um, At the time, obviously he knows, it's not like he doesn't know who Elvis is, but he doesn't know Elvis at all. He doesn't know his music, not his type, doesn't know anything about the guy except that he's famous. Well, if you think about it, it's Richard Nixon. It's Richard Nixon, yeah. Of course, doesn't doesn't surprise me. I he guess he was too involved in his life. Yes, yes. Then, unfortunately, for this meeting, um, there, there's a movie that's being put together right now, and it's a, it's a movie about Elvis, and it's got stuff. It's going to have portions of this in it, and they actually uh, filed a Freedom of Information Act request to get the tapes. You know, Nixon was famous for taping things in the Oval Office. This, but this meeting actually happened prior to him installing the uh, the tape system in the Oval Office, so they weren't able to get actual, you know. Why would but... he tape things in the Oval Office when he was doing so many he was criminal things? Paranoid and wanted backup proof of everything everybody ever said. That's why he did it. But it fired against him. Of course Anyways, it we're did. Not of course it did. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. He was never able to get this badge because the uh, Bureau of Narcotics uh, didn't give badges to anybody. Not even their agents didn't carry badges. So he was never able to get that badge. So he never, you know, he went to his grave never having a badge for the the Bureau of Narcotics. Aw, poor Elvis. But he did have quite the collection, like I said, of badges. And he would use them in in certain situations to get out of trouble because he, he, you know, Fully admitted that he, he wanted to carry a, a gun and not be searched for drugs no matter where he was at. Mm-hmm. Probably because he had a lot of drugs on him. Too. I am sure he did. He is definitely known for liking drugs. Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Follow Nancy Reagan's advice. Don't do drugs. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so, my last. Story. Last one forever? We're never going to hear from you again? I'm kidding. <laughs> for the episode... Oh, okay. Episode 12. Next one's going to be 13. Ooh, and lucky 13 number 13. my lucky number, so we need to record it on a Friday. That means we have to record it a few days from now. Oh, we should do that, because you know mm-hmm. I we'll have the best Friday. luck in the world on the 13th of Friday. Okay, we will record on Friday. On Friday the 13th. The 13th. 
That's when we go play bingo. But there's no bingo this Friday, on Friday the 13th. It's not, there's no bingo on Friday right now. Never mind. Is it Friday the 13th? No, week? it's not Friday the 13th. I was like, this we're week. on the 16th. I'm so confused. <laughs> we're going to go right back now. in time. Okay. So. What am I saying? I have no idea. Your last <laughs> final story of episode 12. Moment. And this is supposed to be your best story of the week. Oh, no yes. pressure. My, <laughs> my best story. Best story. So. Okay, it's a roller coaster that helps people pass kidney stones. Yes, really. What? So, if you ever get stones, if I ever get stones, you know where we're going? I am not going on a roller coaster. Disneyland! Disneyland? Disneyland! Really? You think an insurance would cover that? Um, no. Why? It's, I have the study. They did a study on this. The job of the insurance company is to find a way to deny whatever you need. So no, they're not going to cover this. <laughs> you need insurance. You're a nonprofit. Yeah. They might cover this because you know what? It's a treatment. <laughs> okay. So, so tell me more about this treatment for kidney stones at Disneyland. So you go on the roller coaster and it breaks them up. <laughs> Anyways, that was okay. a long, short story. <laughs> so kidney stones as we know, there are the hard masses of mineral that form in your kidneys, mm -hmm. and they can range in size from tiny grain of sand to golf ball sizes. Mm -hmm. So um, patients with the stones, they don't always need treatment, and they can pass them, but it would be it's kind of painful. I've never had stones, so I don't really know. But I've, I've known some people, people who have. I've never personally either, but they've definitely said they're And it's usually the men who complain more, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know women have probably been through just as much. Yeah. So, um, so that more or less, the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association, mm -hmm. um, they did a study, and it was, and they did the study because of the fact that people were reporting the fact in this general area in Florida mm -hmm. that they would be on the roller coaster and that's when they would pass their kidneys. One guy had said he had been on the roller coaster three consecutive rides, and that's what did it. Hmm. So they, they made a 3D model of a kidney, and then they would take actual kidney stones and put it in this model with urine. And then, of course, they concealed it so the people wouldn't realize what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and they would go on the roller coaster to see if it worked. Oh, could you imagine if it didn't and it broke and it's like you're on a roller coaster and the guy in front of you has got a cup of urine in his hand? <laughs> but it oh, probably just looked like you peed sure. your pants on the roller coaster. Sure. And this is actually the Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. Uh, I know railroad. it. I've never been on it, but I know it. I've, I've never stood been next to, to it. I've watched it go around. I've seen it at Disneyland it and Disney like, World. It looks like, you know, it's Excalibur. Yeah. A lot of people won't know Excalibur, but um, it looked like four of those yeah. put together. It's large. So it's a really large, old-fashioned, bumpy roller yep. coaster. And you can actually, if you're curious what this looks like, you can actually put type in YouTube, Big Thunder Mountain Roller Coaster. Oh, yeah, you can watch Somebody a... videotaped going through the whole ride. If you've got one of those cheap, like, uh, VR goggle sets, you can watch, like, VR versions <gasps> on YouTube and watch Ooh. one other one. We have yeah. one of those. Somewhere around here, yeah. Oh, we need to do that. That actually sounds fun. 
So it's a lot um, funner than going on the roller coaster. Yes, <laughs> not a roller coaster fan. But they took this model kidney onto this the Big Thunder Mountain uh, Railroad roller coaster twenty times, um, and they experimented with the position of different sizes of kidney stones mm -hmm. and where they placed the stone because they put it at the top, middle, and lower part of the kidney. Mm -hmm. um, and they just kind of tested all theories, and they realized that you could pass a small stone, not a large stone. Yeah. But they also said the only uncontrolled um, part of this was where they were seated. Yeah, you because you stand in line, they yeah, can't control that, that. So that was the so, only part that was uncontrolled. But they said the back part of it, which I'm assuming is bumpier, okay. was the better place to be sitting okay. for it. And this is about 70% accuracy. So I'm assuming it would depended on the size of yeah. the stone too, because. So I'm I'm wondering. I mean, I'm obviously you know you're on a roller coaster, it's bumpy, you're moving all around, which is obviously going to help in a situation like this. But I suppose does it also help that you know you you know somebody might be extremely tense, or you know is there other things besides just the movement that's doing it, uh, a psychological thing that's. I don't know. It, it seems weird. How would it's, a psychological? I just, if. Just thinking about it, it's like if this seems to be a good treatment for kidney stones, it seems like you could just shake somebody up really well and we'd get the same result. No, I, I would assume it's because when you're sitting, your kidneys are more in the back. Okay, so when sense. you're sitting and your back... And I suppose there, you're on a roller coaster, like, it's not just the bumpy, bumpy, it's the up and down and, you know, there's the actual, like, force of gravity is, you know, bringing you up and down stuff. and up and down. So, yeah. So, I think if people... Are interested in going to this roller coaster? You could probably go check it out online, and maybe have a local roller coaster. It probably isn't as big. Oh, I'm sure not. It's, but it's pretty huge. You could, you could probably find something close to you. Probably. The nearest one to us is like three and a half hour drive yeah, from us. But, long drive. You know, if I had kidney stones and it hurt, I I might say, hey, we're going to Valley Fair. We could do that. <laughs> we could do that. I might not, still not ride the roller coaster, but we Except could do I that. would want to go on Steel Venom, but I don't think that, that's more smoother, but I don't think that would... Yeah, work. that's not going to work. No. So, it has to be bumpy. It has to be something that's got some bumps. Alright, so, riding roller coasters to get rid of kidney stones. Sounds like fun. It does sound like fun. But I want to go to Disneyland. I want my insurance to cover it for the treatment. That would be cool, too. I would love the insurance to cover a trip to Disneyland. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I try. Anyway, uh, we're at that point of the episode again. If you uh, if you have any comments or like us to take a look at any comments. stories, send us an email. Outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. At Outlandish Outcast Podcast. And we will post some pictures this week of something. I know you said something, and I might have a picture or two as well. <laughs> I said a lot of things. What are you talking about? You said about? something about a picture that you were going to post on, on the website this week. So. Wasn't it a video? Or maybe it was a video. I don't remember. But I will uh, we'll find some stuff to post. Check it out. Like it. Share it. Uh, let, us know, let us know what you think, if you have any feedback for us. Let Otherwise, your friends know if you like listening to us and you think you yes, have friends that share, would enjoy it. Share and share alike, please. Share. Share. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> we will see you next week for episode 13. It'll be lucky number 13. It's going to be a celebration. Have a good week. Bye.